1: Today, we're reading Exodus chapters 25 through 27. We'll be talking about the tabernacle. And uh, let me just say right here at the outset that you really need to look at the notes on BibleTrack.org for today's reading, uh, February the 20th, because I have a lot of pictures of replicas of uh, the tabernacle furniture and um, a picture of the priest there so that you can see what he's doing. And so, um, and, and then a duplicate of uh, the tabernacle, actually set out up in the Judean desert in Israel today, to give you an idea what it might have looked like. So, uh, those pictures are available on the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today. Exodus chapter 25, beginning with verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet, and fine linen and goat's hair, and ram skins dyed red, and badger skins and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee. After the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. Now, at this point, Moses is still up on the mountain. That's the trip that began back in Exodus chapter 24, verse 12. And God here is giving him instructions about building a place of worship for the Hebrews. The people are living in tents. So what kind of dwelling place will God have? Well, a tent, of course. Now, think back on Exodus chapter 12, verse 35, which said, and the children of israel did according to the word of moses and they borrowed of the egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment the hebrew word for borrowed there is sha'al and it does not necessarily hold the connotation that it will be repaid the egyptians gave their valuables to the hebrews with no expectations whatsoever of receiving them back at the time they were just happy to see the hebrews go God is telling Moses to collect those valuables for the building of his place of worship. You'll notice in verse 2 the following, Bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, he shall take my offering. Notice that this offering was to be given willingly. Incidentally, to say that the tabernacle was the dwelling place of God is not just a figure of speech. Notice verse 8. It says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. As a matter of fact, at the completion, we'll see God move into the tabernacle in the form of the Shekinah glory. I've written an article entitled The Shekinah Glory. You'll find it under the topic section of BibleTrack.org. Beginning with verse 10, we find the details of the Ark of the Covenant. Verse 10. And they shall make an ark of shittim wood, two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, within and without shalt thou overlay it, and shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about. And thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in the four corners thereof, and two rings shall be in the one side of it, and two rings in the other side of it. And thou shalt make staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark, that the ark may be borne with them. The staves shall be in the rings of the ark, they shall not be taken from it. And thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold. Of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat, and make one cherub on the one end, and the other cherub on the other end. Even of the mercy seat shall ye make the cherubims on the two ends thereof. And the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark, And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony, of all things which I will give thee in the commandment unto the children of Israel. The first vessel specified to be placed in this new house of God is the Ark of the Covenant. The Hebrew word here for ark is altogether different. I mean altogether different from the word used for Noah's big old boat. The word for Noah's ark is tebal, which is also used in Exodus chapter 2 verses 3 and 5 to describe the little basket that Moses was floating in when he was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter. Now the Hebrew word used here for ark of the covenant is aron. It means box. So, while the words are identical to us in English, they were not anywhere near identical or even look alike in the Hebrew language. You'll notice from verse 16 that this box will contain the tablets that will be given to Moses with the law inscribed upon them. You'll also notice how elaborately it's made. The dimensions here are 2.25 by 2.25 by 3.75. It's a box, it's the most sacred vessel in Israel's history. Notice that there was a specific way in which it was to be carried, poles that slipped through the rings on the side. That will become very significant later on in Israel's history when they engineer their own design for transporting it in 2 Samuel chapter 6. That's a flawed attempt there that leads to death. Then we find, in beginning with verse 23, the table of showbread. Verse 23, Thou shalt also make a table of shittim wood, two cubits shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, and make thereto a crown of gold round about. And thou shalt make unto it a border of an hand breadth round about, and thou shalt make a golden crown to the border thereof round about. And thou shalt make for it four rings of gold, and put the rings in the four corners that are on the four feet thereof. Over against the border shall the rings be for places of the staves to bear the table. And thou shalt make the staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold, that the table may be borne with them. And thou shalt make the dishes thereof, and spoons thereof, and covers thereof, and bowls thereof, to cover withal. Of pure gold shalt thou make them, and thou shalt set upon the table showbread before me alway." This particular piece of furniture, the table of showbread, was gold overlaid. It was a four-legged table, also carried by poles, slipped through rings on each side. It held the twelve loaves of showbread. We find those in Leviticus chapter 24, verses 1 through 9. And these were displayed and replaced at the end of each week. Then we come to the lampstand in verses 31 to 40. And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall the candlestick be made. His shaft and his branches, his bows, his knobs, and his flowers shall be of the same. And six branches shall come out of the sides of it, three branches of the candlestick out of the one side, and three branches of the candlestick out of the other side. Three bows made like unto almonds, with a knop and a flower in one branch, and three bows made like almonds in the other branch, with a knop and a flower, so in the six branches that come out of the candlestick. And in the candlestick shall be four bowls made like unto almonds, with their knops and their flowers. And there shall be a knob under two branches of the same, and a knob under two branches of the same, and a knob under two branches of the same, according to the six branches that proceed out of the candlestick. Their knops and their branches shall be of the same. All it shall be one beaten work of pure gold. And thou shalt make the seven lamps thereof, and they shall light the lamps thereof that they may give light over against it. And the tongs thereof, and the snuff-dishes thereof, shall be of pure gold. Of a talent of pure gold shall he make it, with all these vessels. And look, that thou make them after their pattern, which was showed thee in the mount. Now this piece isn't overlaid with gold. It's made with nothing but gold. Again, I find it amusing that much, if not all, of this gold originally belonged to the Egyptians. Now we see why God told the Hebrews to take it with them. This lampstand, candlestick, has seven branches. Incidentally, the Hanukkah candlestick that you see around Christmas in the home of Jews is not this candlestick. That candlestick is an extra-biblical special-purpose one that had its origin after the completion of the Old Testament, and it has eight branches instead of seven. It was specifically designed for a purpose and was not intended to be a replacement for this lampstand found in Exodus chapter 25, verses 31 to 40. It should be noted, however, that the lampstand specified here with the seven candles was designed for tabernacle or temple purposes. Observant Jews today reserve this design for this purpose only. Candlesticks that appear in the synagogues typically do not have seven candles. That brings us to Exodus chapter 26, where we find the description of the tabernacle and the tent. Verse 1. Moreover thou shalt make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twined linen, and blue and purple and scarlet, with cherubims of cunning work shalt thou make them. The length of one curtain shall be eight and twenty cubits, and the breadth of one curtain four cubits and every one of the curtains shall have one measure. The five curtains shall be coupled together one to another, and other five curtains shall be coupled one to another. And thou shalt make loops of blue upon the edge of one curtain from the selvage in the coupling, and likewise thou shalt make in the uttermost edge of another curtain in the coupling of the second. Fifty loops shalt thou make in one curtain, and fifty loops shalt thou make in the edge of the curtain that is in the coupling of the second. That the loops may take hold one of another, and thou shalt make fifty tashes of gold and couple the curtains together with toshes, and it shall be one tabernacle, and thou shalt make curtains of goat's hair to be a covering upon the tabernacle, eleven curtains shalt thou make the length of one curtain shall be thirty cubits, and the breadth of one curtain four cubits, and the eleven curtains shall be all of one measure, and thou shalt couple five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves and shalt double the sixth curtain in the forefront of the tabernacle. And thou shalt make fifty loops on the edge of the one curtain that is in the outmost in the coupling, and fifty loops in the edge of the curtain which coupleth the second. And thou shalt make fifty toshes of brass, and put the toshes into the loops, and couple the tent together that it may be one. And the remnant that remaineth of the curtains of the tent, the half-curtain that remaineth, shall hang over the back side of the tabernacle. And a cubit on the one side, and a cubit on the other side of that which remaineth in the length of the curtains of the tent. It shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side, and on that side to cover it. And thou shalt make a covering for the tent of ram skins dyed red, and a covering above of badger skins. And thou shalt make boards for the tabernacle of shittim wood standing up. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board, and a cubit and a half shall be the breadth of one board." Two tenons shall there be in one board, set in order one against another. Thus shalt thou make for all the boards of the tabernacle. And thou shalt make the boards of the tabernacle twenty boards on the south side southward. And thou shalt make forty sockets of silver under the twenty boards, two sockets under one board for his two tenons, and two sockets under another board for his two tenons. And for the second side of the tabernacle on the north side there shall be twenty boards." And there are forty sockets of silver, two sockets under one board, and two sockets under another board. And for the sides of the tabernacle westward thou shalt make six boards. And two boards shalt thou make for the corners of the tabernacle and the two sides. And they shall be coupled together beneath, they shall be coupled together above the head of it, unto one ring. Thus shall it be for them both. They shall be for the two corners. And they shall be eight boards. And there are sockets of silver, sixteen sockets, two sockets under one board, and two sockets under another board. And thou shalt make bars of shittim wood, five for the boards of the one side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the side of the tabernacle, for the two sides westward. And the middle bar in the midst of the board shall reach from end to end. And thou shalt overlay the boards with gold, and make their rings of gold for places for the bars, and thou shalt overlay the bars with gold. And thou shalt rear up the tabernacle according to the fashion thereof which was showed thee in the mount. And thou shalt make a veil of blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twined linen of cunning work. With cherubim shall it be made. And thou shalt hang it upon four pillars of shittim wood, overlaid with gold, their hooks shall be of gold upon the four sockets of silver. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the tashes that thou mayest bring in thither within the veil of the ark of the testimony. And the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. And thou shalt set the table without the veil, and the candlestick over against the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south and thou shalt put the table on the north side. And thou shalt make an hanging for the door of the tent of blue and of purple and scarlet and fine twined linen wrought with needlework. And thou shalt make for the hanging five pillars of Shatim wood, and overlay them with gold, and their hooks shall be of gold, and thou shalt cast five sockets of brass for them. Now you notice from these long specifications here the extreme detail given to the construction of this Very special tent. This will be known by Israel as God's dwelling place. It's very colorful. Inside it is divided into two special rooms the holy place and the most holy place. Exodus chapter 26, verses 33 through 34, says the following. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the Toshes, that thou mayest bring in thither within the veil the Ark of the Testimony, and the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the Ark of the Testimony in the Most Holy Place. So we see here that the Ark of the Covenant goes into the Most Holy Place. As we come to Exodus chapter twenty seven, We begin talking about the brazen altar and the specifications for it. Exodus 27, verse 1. And thou shalt make an altar of shittim wood, five cubits long and five cubits broad. The altar shall be four square, and the height thereof shall be three cubits. And thou shalt make the horns of it upon the four corners thereof. His horns shall be of the same, and thou shalt overlay it with brass." And thou shalt make his pans to receive his ashes and his shovels and his basins and his flesh hooks and his fire pans, all the vessels thereof, thou shalt make of brass. And thou shalt make for it a great of network of brass. And upon the net shalt thou make four brazen rings in the four corners thereof. And thou shalt put it under the compass of the altar beneath, that the net may be even to the midst of the altar. And thou shalt make staves for the altar, staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with brass. And the staves shall be put into the rings, and the staves shall be upon the two sides of the altar to bear it. Hollow with boards thou shalt make it, as it was showed thee in the mount, so shall they make it. Now here's the brazen altar. We see how large it is. Verse 1 says, And thou shalt make an altar of shittim wood five cubits long and five cubits broad. The altar shall be four square and the height thereof shall be three cubits. Now that's big. That's seven and a half feet square and four and a half feet high. Of course, it'll be positioned outside in the courtyard. That's where the animal sacrifices will take place. Now you'll see in verse 4 that Moses had his own network so to speak actually that's the grate that goes on the top of the altar oh and you also notice that this will be carried by poles through rings as well as the other furniture then we have the courtyard of the tabernacle it begins in chapter 27 verse 9 and thou shalt make the court of the tabernacle for the south side southward there shall be hangings for the court of fine twine linen of an hundred cubits long for one side and the twenty pillars thereof, and their twenty sockets, shall be of brass. The hooks of the pillars, and their fillets, shall be of silver. And likewise for the north side, in length, there shall be hangings of an hundred cubits long. And his twenty pillars, and their twenty sockets of brass, the hooks of the pillars, and their fillets of silver. And for the breadth of the court on the west side, shall be hangings of fifty cubits, their pillars ten, and their sockets ten. And the breadth of the court on the east side, eastward, shall be fifty cubits. The hangings of one side of the gate shall be fifteen cubits, their pillars three, and their sockets three. And on the other side shall be hangings fifteen cubits, their pillars three, and their sockets three. And for the gate of the court shall be an hanging of twenty cubits of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen, wrought with needlework, and their pillars shall be four, and their sockets four. All the pillars round about the court shall be filleted with silver, their hooks shall be of silver, and their sockets of brass. The length of the court shall be an hundred cubits, and the breadth fifty everywhere, and the height five cubits of fine twined linen, and their sockets of brass. All the vessels of the tabernacle, and all the service thereof, and all the pins thereof, and all the pins of the court, shall be of brass. And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure oil, olive-beaten for the light, to cause the lamp to burn always. In the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil, which is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall order it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever unto their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. Well, here's the courtyard. It's the courtyard around the tent itself. That courtyard is 150 feet by 75 feet. Now, that's quite a large area. This is where the people will meet the priest for the sacrificing of their offerings on that brazen altar that was described in the preceding section.
0: This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.